Spinster Life Podcast. Welcome to the Spinster Life Podcast. I'm Amy. I'm Eva. And today we're talking about roommates with my roommate, Kasha. Sup, people. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So, Amy, how did this idea come to you? Well, as you know, we're turning 40 this year. Some of us have already done it. (laughs) Along with these milestones, you start thinking of your adult life and what your adult life looks like. Also, the Golden Girls played a huge part in this because I think that's obviously a solution later down the line, but I'm not a 60-year-old retiree. Yeah. What's up yeah. with that, right? Like, Golden Girls, that's cool. Yeah. Frankie, that's cool. Right. But, but like, like middle-aged? No. Yeah. Having a roommate? No. No. That's yeah, not, that's weird. That's not the coolest thing. Okay. I gotta, I mean, and I gotta say, like, I'm a live-alone person. It has nothing to do with you, mm-hmm. Kasha. It has nothing to do with that. I just like living alone. If I have to live with someone, I'm glad it's you. It was just the, um, the milestone of yeah. being older than is generally associated with roommates. That's interesting because, yes, this this is the year of 40 for us. It is. And I am not a live alone person. I like being alone. I don't like mm-hmm. living alone, right? I'm right um, there Mainly with because of the roving band of rapists that are in every neighborhood. But, <laughs> and also, I don't know, I just like the idea that someone else is, is in the house. And again, it, it could just be that, like, fear that I have about physical assaults but um it's also just i don't know it's just there's something else living around you know like if i need if i need to go say something to another human that human is somewhere here and accessible you know or like i don't know if i suddenly fall down and can't get up because i am an 85 year old woman i don't have life alert alert yet like i can't afford that shit i'm not i'm not on medicaid yet i can just be like i've fallen and (laughs) all 911 for me or whatever yeah kasha maybe you should speak to that point because I feel like you have a similar outlook. For me, having lived alone and having had roommates, I do prefer having somebody in the space at some point. When I did live alone, if it was a day or two that I didn't have clients to work with, then I might not speak at all. And so it's a a little bit like that where it's like, okay, if I do need to speak with a person, then at least there is someone there. Having had dogs uh, for the last 16 years that I've lived here. There is just some peace that if something happens, then I can at least, you know, call or text somebody and it'll be very easy to make sure that, you know, little pupper is taken care of. Yeah. It's like I have an, a live-in, I don't want to say dog sitter, but it is nice to just be like, like for me, I'm seeing someone who's like, oh, I can just go stay over at his house right. and my dog's cool. You know, yeah. so I'm a person who I just had this conversation with someone because I'm in the process of going from someone who has a roommate to someone who does not have a roommate. And immediately I, it just hit me. I was like, Oh my God, what are we going to do with him? You know, it's like, Oh, you're going to somewhere this weekend. Like, what are you going to do with him? Because my dog has never been alone. And I mean that almost literally it's kind of like, Oh shit. Like how, how do I do this? So yeah, the dog thing is definitely a big thing. And the other thing for me, which is, I I don't know that it's super relevant now, but there have definitely been times in my life where for for my own mental health, I thought it was safer for me to live. And that is something that people with mental illness need Mm -hmm. to think about, you know? 
Absolutely. And, you know, speaking to the safety aspect, I myself have not felt personally unsafe. I have had roommates in the past. I've been even concerned for them a little bit. And so it's like, that was the sort of thing where it's like, okay, if she wasn't home by two o'clock, then she would text me, at least let me know where she was. So that somebody knew she was alive and not like dead in a ditch somewhere. Um, Yeah, as someone who has also lived alone and loved it, I can appreciate wanting to feel that kind of safety and wanting someone to know where you are. But like Amy, you don't get scared. I don't, but I don't have a lot of like that kind of trauma in my background. Yeah, but even if you don't have that kind of trauma in your background, like you live in the world, so like (laughs) yeah, you you know how. I'm not trying to traumatize you and make you change your life experience going forward. But, you know, you know the incidence of sexual assaults and violence towards women, right? You know that every time you do watch Dayline, it's some woman who was living alone in her apartment. And um, I mean, unless it was like, the husband. I mean, I, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm trying to understand as much as like, I, I feel like it's very clear that you understand where we're coming from. Yeah, I'm having a harder under- time understanding why you aren't scared. <laughs> I know, and I'm trying to explain it. I guess just it just seems natural to me. You're just to not. not. I'm just not. Huh. Yeah, I cannot think of a, like a precise reason why I don't well, feel that way. I think it's I'm pretty aware of my surroundings. So even like a bump in the night or something, you're like, I'm fine. Well, I'm a really sound up. sleeper, so <laughs> that wouldn't probably even wake me up. Yeah, I think it's just the like. I feel like my actions are pretty pragmatic and Mm -hmm. like, I don't trust a lot of people and I wouldn't like let a lot of people into my apartment. But I mean, once you're inside your apartment with the door shut and and it locked, you know, I mean, let me ask you this. If you lived in a first floor apartment and your, your window didn't have bars on it. um, My, my window does not actually have bars on it. Welcome to LA. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But you are in like, it is, is it part of the courtyard or is it open to the no. back? No. Yeah, it's open to the back. People can get through. Is it low enough that someone could climb into your window? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And do you ever leave your window open at night? Yeah. You do? Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm horrified. <laughs> I'm horrified. <laughs> On the plus side, I'm a very light sleeper. And and if it makes you feel any better when I've lived by myself, yeah. I I tend to not like the first floor because you can yeah. hear people above you and that bugs the shit out of me. I would yeah. rather yeah. be able I to pretend that. that people don't exist. Okay, so like there's been some mention um about when you moved into a studio. What is the first year that the two of you Okay, yeah, you want to hear the timeline, the full timeline? Yes. I mean, you guys have a storied history. We so. do. We we very much do. Uh I moved in uh, in February 2013. Yeah, sounds right. And then I lived here until 2018 when okay. I decided that I was going to move out. Because that's, you know, for someone who likes living alone, that's a long stretch of living with another human being. Like I just needed to clear the palate and have my alone time, my absolute alone time. So I lived in that studio from 2018 until the beginning of the pandemic. Everything was really chaotic. I didn't know that I would be getting unemployment. I didn't know any of that. I was really freaking out about like, how am I going to pay my rent? And, you know, we didn't yeah. know about the eviction moratorium yet. Um, Kasha had another roommate at that point, And she left to um, go back to wherever she lived. And then, you know, yeah. Kasha was like, will you move back in with me? And I said, yes, because it just seemed like the right move 
financially and I mean, I guess, yeah, everything was really uncertain. So I, I, it did feel a little bit better to be living with someone then. Yeah, that's really interesting. It, it, the one thing that I think you brought up, especially that has come into play even more so um, with the pandemic is just cost of living, right? Especially yes. if you're living in a metropolitan area, right? If you're living in LA, if you're living in New York, if you're living even at like Atlanta. I mean, I, I don't know. It's insane. I I know that my rent is more than my brother's mortgage. I know that. Um, and my brother has a really big fucking house. Like I'm just pointing out right, how that, much how shit the discrepancy between he has. Yes. The yes. price of his square footage versus the price yes. of our square footage. I don't know how people really do it. I mean, yes, you can have a studio, but I mean, I remember the size of that studio, Amy, and luckily you're a very tiny person. Um, and I don't have a lot of stuff. <laughs> and you don't have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff. I am a yeah. stuff person. <laughs> you are not a um, studio dweller by any stretch of I, imagination. I don't, I don't know how I would do it, <laughs> but really, and I have some other friends that live alone and most always in studios, unless they're still being supplemented by their parents. So how, how do people do it? That is a you know? great fucking question. I mean, Kasha, I don't you, know. Mm-hmm. you, you got another roommate when Amy left the apartment you've been in. You said you've yes. been in that apartment for 16 years. Yes. And there's been times where I haven't had a roommate for stretches and yeah. that's sort of what made me realize that it's like having the right roommate makes a world of difference. Having I, my first uh, roommate here was definitely not good. And I had to evict after like three months. But other than that, I've had incredibly good luck, you know, getting better and better every time. And so having a good roommate is worth the, you know, little bit of like, hassle of having to adjust to another person's schedule and way of being and some people are very like clean up immediately before they eat and other people are, you know, clean up four days later and just the balance and the the dance of figuring out a person. And so even in, when I was not concerned about covering the entire rent, I realized that it's like, you know, it just adds something to my life to have mm-hmm. another person that is in and out. And And also, I mean, the other thing is you guys both have dogs. Yes. Yes. Now, with walking, walking the dog, does one is one of you the dog walker, or do you walk your dog separately? Is one of you like me and you don't walk your dog and you shouldn't have a dog? Like, what? How does that work? With well, you guys? yes. So we walk our our own dog separately. Yeah. What well, if if the situation calls for it, one of us will walk the other's dog. Yeah, if somebody's sick or Piper's not home. Kind of a nightmare. So she's a little bit more she's difficult not. to deal with. Um, yeah, she's better for me though. When you're not there, and I have okay. to walk the two of them. All right. Well, that's <laughs> she behaves I mean, when mom's so. not there. I hope so. No, I get that because so I'm not the walker in the house. My my soon to be ex roommate is the walker, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I mean that's another thing that can be a bonus if you have animals, right? We've already talked about okay if, if yeah. you're going to be away, but also it's like okay, Just if right? You the day to day. Yeah, exactly. If you break your ankle, right? Mm-hmm. Which Kasha, didn't you do that once? I spray. I got a really, really oh, bad you, sprain. Oh, okay. But it's like yeah. someone can be like, oh, I'll just, while I'm picking up whatever, I can grab your dog scooter or whatever. That kind Absolutely. of thing. Yeah. I mean, it is the situation where you can't live with someone who isn't 
your kind of person <laughs> in terms of like, obviously the pet situation um, or the cleaning situation. So let me go there. So are you guys like equal in terms of the cleaning thing or is someone more of the cleaning nut and someone is more relaxed about it? My roommate and I are both horrible slobs, which I would <laughs> not recommend. That's a bad mix also. That is a good question. And it varies. It varies. Okay. And I think in a little bit opposite ways, she is a little more minimalist. And so <laughs> I she doesn't have will sometimes leave things. To leave lying around. Yeah. Yeah. And so she notices when something is, you know, sitting <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we do a little bit of a thing where I will leave something on the table, but I'll leave like mail or yeah. something that it's like, I, I'm not really using... It could be put away, but I haven't put it away yet. I might leave mm-hmm. that like where I would sit at the table yeah. for like a month. And she yeah. sees it every moment of every second of every day. Yes. But but if I take like <laughs> something, like if I take a carton of milk out of the fridge <laughs> that I'm going to use within the next 10 minutes, this bitch somehow knows will like m- like beeline for the kitchen and then be like, what is this? I'm going to put this away. Yes. Like, why are you leaving? Why are you taking milk out of the fridge? Um, Do you even drink regular? I don't even know. I just drinking? when she's like making a dish or something, she'll just oh yeah, I like just getting everything I, together. Uh, yeah. I mise en place. I get all of my ingredients and I put them in one place, so I know that I have everything before I start. Yeah. Okay, all right, yeah. But but that's when Kasha will come in and she'll try to just put everything quickly. away, okay. even though there's been like. I don't know. The vacuum has been out for like a month now. And like, <laughs> like that, she doesn't weeks. even, she doesn't even see that. But like, you, are you at a and I didn't even put it out though. I didn't even put it out. That I just put out, like that's going to go back. That's yeah. going to go in the drawer. That's going to go somewhere. But I think that's the difference where it's like, we have two different areas where I tend to tidy the kitchen specifically. And okay. then like, for whatever reason, the dining room table is just sort of like landing area <laughs> for me. And something could stay there for six months. But if a, something's on the kitchen counter that isn't meant to quote, be out, yeah. then like within five minutes, I'm like putting things away. <laughs> I will say also that it's kind of funny. Like we don't, we don't really talk about the breakdown of division of labor. Like who does what tasks? My task, somehow that's become my task. Like apparently putting mugs back has become my task. Yes. And apparently putting blueberries in the stay fresh container so yes. the blueberries don't go yes. bad so fast. It's my, it's, it's yeah. all my job. Well, and it comes down to like, what is the natural inclination for people and what are strengths? It works out very well for us more so than, than other roommates I've had. It's much more of like a sisterly kind of thing. <laughs> the sister she never had or wanted. <laughs> um, where we both have a lot of similar food allergies and intolerances and stuff. So we're able to sort of like share a, a fair amount of, of meals and food together. and shopping. Yeah. We do. Yeah. 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 Um, which is like kind of good and kind of bad. Um, I mean, you guys have a household, right? I mean, that's a yeah. little, I don't like to, I, I don't like to live with people and this is probably what eventually led to the demise of my relationship with my roommate. Um, I don't like to live with people who essentially just want to room and board in my house. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If we're going to be like that, then I don't, I don't want you here. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want two cartons of the same almond milk. Exactly. I no sense. I had a, uh, the roommate that I had for four or five years before Amy, she had had like four or five siblings, I think, growing up. 
And so mm-hmm. there was a lot of like um, uh, resource sort of like struggle. And so she was very weird about like she had one of everything that she needed. And I was totally fine where like if she needed butter, use mine. If you mm-hmm. use the last of it, replace it, whatever. But at one point I'm like, you use ketchup like twice a year. Just use my ketchup. I will be the one who purchases ketchup and you can just yeah. use it. But like one time I used like a half a pat of her butter because previously in the week she had finished mine. And she's like, is that my butter? And I just like looked at her for like, just, I didn't say anything, just for like 30 seconds. She's like, right, right. I mean, I use her all the time. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But that sort of thing where it's like, if we're using the same thing, whoever uses it the most is the one who should buy that. Or if it's pretty equal trade off, there's no point in having two of the same almond milk. In the refrigerator. Yeah. Which I guess that's a good thing. I'm a minimalist. So yes. I would it would bother me if we had two of something in there. It would yeah. bother me a lot. But I would say that- Why that- are we friends, Amy? <laughs> that's really what this needs to be about. I am a maximalist. Yes, you are. But that's why you're not roommates, though. Clinical. Yes, that is why we've never lived yeah. together. Oh, no, we would. We could not. No. Could not. No, 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 but no. We, we know die. we know what'll work yeah. and that won't. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of allowance that is what makes a healthy, wh- whatever your cohab situation is, whether it's a partner or it's a, a roommate friend situation. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, I'm a little OCD about certain things. So when we get back from the grocery store, the groceries just go into the kitchen. I take everything out and I put everything away. Because she yeah. has to, because I would do it wrong. Because so I she have has to. to do it. Yes. I understand. Yeah. yeah, like what shelf goes, where things go on shelves yeah. or what side of the shelf yeah. or whatever in the fridge. Yeah, I yeah. understand. And then things yeah, where I don't it comes understand. like berries in the berry container. I won't think about it. I won't I won't de-stem all of the herbs, wrap it in a paper towel and put it in a container. I'll just put it in the Amy was. She yeah. will, yes. Yeah. It lasts for weeks. Who that's knew? Thing? Food longevity. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. a thing. I don't know anything about this. You just put it in a container and you put some paper towels around it. Oh, so it can absorb the moisture. It can absorb the moisture. And then they Do stay you store it upside for- down? Because I've heard that that is good. If you put the paper towel on the bottom. Oh, the paper part. towel goes all the way around. Wrap it all the way around. It's like oh, a all little, the way around. All the yes. way around. Yeah. Works better than we at one point had an herb keeper, which was like a glass jar with- yeah. Attached to the lid was like a, like a little for herbs. Yeah, that you could pull the lid off and it would lift up the entire inside container, and that they lasted only a couple days in that. But and this, then you had like gross herb water. Yeah, like gross moldy herb water. In yeah, the you guys are like like really old sisters, like Grey Gardens. It'll together yeah. for a long time. Yeah, there's you're both there's really, a little bit of that. Yeah. You're both kind of excited about talking <laughs> about um, the preservation of herbs. Um, and it saves money, which is down with my frugal heart. Oh, Amy's also a tightwad. Oh, okay. Well, not, not with no, clothes. We'll other no. I'm just but broke. You don't, also, I'm just you don't broke. Like to, There's a difference between broke and tightwad. Oh, I should say you don't like, but you don't like waste. No, I don't like that's waste. Fair? Yeah, that's fair. We're both down with that. We're yeah, both that's, down with so that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's why I have ADHD and need to live by myself. And um, you guys can cohabitate. Uh, I'm going to ruin that for you. So, uh, Kasha, what's the most annoying thing about Amy? Oh. What is the thing that you're just like, 
God damn it, bitch. Like, what is the thing? And you know, she's never going to change this thing. It is just the thing that gets I'm, in your I'm fucking 40. Heart. I'm fucking 40. I'm not changing. Oh, you never would have Gosh. changed it. Uh, right? You could have been. No. You, you said that when you were 14 days old. <laughs> Deep down, she's always been, been an old lady stuck in her Yeah, ways. that is true. Yes. So, um. I wouldn't say that she has habits specifically that I find annoying. It's probably the only thing that I can think of, which I may regret saying. (laughs) So if this fucks it up for me, just so you know, Eva, I'm coming after you. (laughs) Hey, Um, if if you want to torture yourself, you can move in anytime. (laughs) I have two free bedrooms. (laughs) Uh, it's just, I would say more of a Virgo trait where sometimes I try and communicate something and she takes it a little personally. And so that's really just the only thing where I'm like, is there a way I could have said it differently? Should I have bothered? Was it really that, you know, important or, you know, cause I don't want her to feel like I'm judging her or criticizing her. Uh, and so that's really kind of just the, the sort of the only thing where I don't necessarily know how to navigate in that moment. But it's usually like just a couple minute thing and then we're over it. Like we don't really have like arguments or, you know, I hate you. You're the worst. It's nuts. Things like that. You guys have a beautiful marriage. Um, and, and Amy, what's, what is the most annoying thing about Kasha to you? Um, the cheapness. Mm. because it manifests in very weird ways so like she won't or like like the it's like waste slash frugality like she won't cover her food that she like her her leftover food that she puts in the fridge with anything oh my god with anything for me will literally put raw fish that she's like oh no i I wouldn't do that or cooked fish what fish cooked fish just just in there with no lid yeah but not even in like not in a container just on a plate. It's like on a fucking plate, but yep. the whole plate yep. in the fridge. Like if I lived alone, I would do that. But because God. I don't live alone. But if I, there's something in like a bowl or yeah. like if I made a pot of like pasta with sauce or something and I didn't finish it, then I'll just put that in and I may not put a lid and on it. No, you definitely oh. don't. And then there's just this, this like crusty thing sitting there and then she eats the crusty thing and I'm just I just don't understand why she does it to yeah. herself. I get it. <laughs> Nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But yeah, I immediately am like, are you're one, you're gonna get salmonella, which I don't know why a cover would help, but in my head <laughs> Right. Kind of my point. And like, yeah, it's <clears throat> it's gonna get, you know, it's gonna get weird. It's gonna get yeah, weird. Top. It's gonna get it's weird. gonna get weird. It's also gonna make it stick more on the actual bowl. Yes, I hate when people don't scrape out the extra food. Like, so mm-hmm. you were talking about like not finishing a bowl of pasta. Um, what my roommate would do is she would not finish bowl of pasta and then just one just leave the bowl of pasta either on the counter mm-hmm. or like literally put it in the sink with the food. Oh in it. yeah, no, 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 and like and. Like my tolerance for disgusting is higher than any human that Amy has probably ever met in her life. <laughs> and she's from like Minnesota where there are like cows and stuff like his farms are gross. So I'm just saying, you know, you've had experience and yet like that, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to touch your slimy penne that yeah. has been yeah. living in my sink for four days. Yeah. No, no, that's, that's disgusting. Gross. 
you know. I had a roommate once in Florida. She would pour too much milk in her cereal in the morning. And instead of just dumping it down the sink, she would leave the like inch of milk with like three pieces of cornflakes floating in it and just go to work. And it just was, yeah. I ugh. So. I wonder how much of this this stuff came from like our parents. Like my mother was a clean counters woman. So mm-hmm. like when you talk about like the kitchen has to be clean, yep. that's the one room in my house that has, has to be clean. Mm-hmm. And I hate when people leave things on the counters, um, especially if it's food, even crumbs. Also, if you're going to do the dishes, why wouldn't you just take the next step and wipe down the stove and the counters? Like, yes. or yeah, I hate, like there's something about crumbs or anything on the counters. Like mm-hmm. that's just what you do. You wipe down the counters at all times, you know, or the table, if you, if you have a dining room table. And that is something I'm like, Oh, that comes from my mother. Do you guys look back to your parents and see any of your habits that you're like, in terms of like your living um, habits, anything you're like, Oh, I know where this comes from. Hmm. Amy, why do you think that you feel the need to like save your herbs for as long as possible when they're 99 cents and biodegradable? I don't think that comes from my parents, honestly. That's just a like, I think it's like a convenience of when you need them and then they're not good anymore. Yeah. And you're like, well, crap, I can't make that dish I was going to make for dinner. During the pandemic, it was very much like, don't waste mm. food, because who knows when yeah. we're going to get more food. Mm-hmm. Because there were yeah. there was like a week or two. And I mean, I know one week, how terrible that we couldn't get like things at the grocery store. But, yeah. you know, it really kind of made that even more of a priority to use so, all the things. Um, I feel awful about like the food waste problem that we have in the US. Yeah, yeah feel- food waste is so bad. Yeah. Yeah. And you've gotten more into like environmental choices and stuff over the last few years too. Yeah. You tend to be aware of and thoughtful about that. Yeah. So is there anything that you think you can trace back to <laughs> growing up? Yes. Yes, there is. The minimalism I can trace back mm. to being surrounded by hoarders. Mm. Not hoarders, but definitely like collectors. Cluttered. 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 Co- uh, collectors, keeping yeah. things, you know, like keeping the wrapping paper of a Pepper. present that you got mm-hmm. 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Just being around all these people that were raised in a depression and still yep. had that mentality and kept everything and just not wanting to live like that. One time when I was a kid, I tried to declutter the kitchen. Yeah. Because the, the cupboards were overflowing and you just like they were just hard to use. So I went and I yeah. started decluttering and my mom got oh, furious that's my at me. You're well, you wasting stuff, right? I didn't. I didn't throw it out. I just like separated it out. Like, well, maybe we don't. Maybe this doesn't need to be here, or you know, maybe we can get rid of this. Mm-hmm. And yeah, she was so mad at me. And then she said, "Well, one day when you have your own house, <laughs> exactly, so that's her." House. And I was like, "Right." So now when I have my own house, like, mm-hmm. let's just let's not hang on to things that we don't like. I just, it's a reaction to that for sure. Yeah. That's interesting. Kasha, what about you? Is there anything? My mom was a stay-at-home uh, mm-hmm. homemaker, and she took her job, her, her role of that, very seriously. It gave her an outlet for her OCD. And mm-hmm. so, like, even though we always had dogs, at least one dog growing up, like, my friends would come over and they'd say, I feel more comfortable eating off of my mom's kitchen floor <laughs> than they would some of the plates in their own houses, I know that one of the things my mom did that I definitely picked up on was she would tidy on her way 
up uh, to their bedroom at night. So before she would get settled in to relax, that would be one of the things that she did. Uh, there was never dirty dishes in the sink. She mm-hmm. always wiped off the counters and and the stove if it hadn't been um, emptied ashtrays and uh, waste baskets and things like that. So that when she got up in the morning, things would not be, you know, she didn't have to mess. do all of that. Yeah. 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 My mom was like that as well for a very long time. Yeah. yeah. And so that's kind of what I do, like, before I'm, you know, going to settle into my room at night, dishes have to be either washed or put in the dishwasher usually, and then, you know, wipe off the counter, things like that. And so, but it's like, I do, it's something I actually enjoy. It's not a, I have to, there are certainly Mm -hmm. times where I'm like, you know, F it, I don't care. You know, you can swear on our podcast. Uh, Fuck it. No. Um, (laughs) Although I do have blindness when it comes to the dining room table. (laughs) Yeah. Once it's been there for like a couple hours, it's, it doesn't exist. It becomes part of the table. It is interesting. The little things that we Mm -hmm. tend to pick up either in that you do it the same way or you kind of revolt from that, like Amy is saying, but it's interesting, Amy, because there is a thread that runs through that. Right. Which is like, as you're talking about your parents being, children during did you say children no of the depression? but like they were raised by people they were like, raised by people yeah. who had been through depression right yeah. so that's carrying along like you do not like waste you know and it is no. that kind of thing where i had grandparents the same way my grandfather would open the presents with his pocket knife mm-hmm. so, and then he would fold the tape under and then he would fold it up mm-hmm. and then it was for the next year, a couple of years, or whatever. And I would get so annoying because I'd be like, stop opening it so slowly. Oh my God, you're slowing us down. I want my shit. And, um, <laughs> we had favorite wrapping paper. Oh, you had favorites? There were certain boxes, like there was a store, McAlpin's, which my grandmother called a La Store because it was a fancy department store <laughs> for for Kentucky. And yeah. so, um, so it would be like who would get their stuff in the McAlpin's box. You yeah. know, so instead of like, I yep. know some people have the tradition of like, you have to, whoever finds the pickle uh, ornament hidden in the tree, like gets an extra gift. But like, so it's like, who is going to get the like extra fancy mm-hmm. gift wrap and who's going to get the, their random stuff from probably Kmart uh, in the McAlpin's <laughs> box. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, what about, so you guys both are kind of room dwellers, like you both dwell in your own bedrooms quite a bit. Um, but you do have a shared living room space mm-hmm. and you have a TV out there. Mm-hmm. Do you guys tend to socialize together? Like, do you watch the same shows or are you both <laughs> yeah, kind of like do your own thing? Oh my God. We are all the time now. At dinner? Yeah, no, it's like we eat dinner on the couch and then we're like, what are we watching this okay. evening? So how does that work in terms of like shared entertainment and that sort of stuff? <laughs> we just have genres of things that we both agree on. Yeah, because Kasha does like a lot of sci-fi and fantasy stuff that I'm not totally into. Action, Um, blow them up stuff. Yeah. So we have like cooking shows, murder. We call them murder things. Murder. So. (laughs) Yes, murder shows. I'm right there with you. It's all I watch. I would just want to point out, because my psychiatrist has said, maybe you shouldn't be watching those because you've all these things in your head and you're scared all the time. Yeah. But like Amy, you watch them and you're not. So I'm just, that just proves that she's wrong. Yeah. It just Um, proves that she's wrong. Keep watching murder shows. And how do you guys deal with say subscription services? Like, do you guys split everything down the middle? Is it like some person pays for Netflix, some person pays for who, like how, what do you do there? Yeah. It's a, we're not like 
penny pinchers. Like we don't sit down and do the budget and then yeah. like divide it to the cent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's just too much for me. Yeah. Um, that's too petty for me. We split Amazon right now. Yeah. Yeah. So she pays her rent. I take care of utilities. And then you had Netflix and Hulu yeah. for a long time. And I, even when you weren't here, I just used yours because yeah. I'm too cheap to pay for my own. <laughs> you put grocery shopping together? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, then that way we make sure that we don't have two of something. Right. So there are things that she, like, are you going to get this? I'll get the, I'll get the ground beef this time. She'll get the steak. Like we kind of planned a couple of things that we might eat together. And then we have foods that are just ours that we buy. So we do our own separate grocery, grocery bill. This is all like. It's equitable. Now, all of this is like, for me, this is why I wish I was a lesbian because I feel like (laughs) you guys are talking about, you're like, it is it is kind of ideal, right? Like yeah. you both yeah. are planning and doing the emotional labor that usually women do in a household, yes. but you're sharing it, right? Yes. And you're sharing labor, right? Mm-hmm. Which in most heterosexual um, relationships does not happen. Right. Right. Um, unless, you know, you're really lucky. I am very lucky. My boyfriend does more of that. I still do more emotional labor, which he doesn't even understand what that is, which I'm like, it's 2021. What are you talking about? Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys, you guys share both really becomes, it's just very equitable. And, you know, Kashi, you said something a little while back of, you know, I don't want to make her feel judged, right? Like I don't, you know, you both, actually have empathy and compassion for one another and like yeah that goes a long way you know like neither of you are like I don't fucking care like this is my whatever I don't care how it makes this other person feel Mm -hmm. you know like and that leads into it so I think let's shift a little bit because it's probably what I should have been talking about this whole time let's shift a little bit to the judgment that does come with being a middle-aged person. No, mm-hmm. sorry. A middle-aged female. Yep. I guess. Are we middle-aged or is that more like 50? Like we're mid. Uh, I don't know. We might've shifted the middle age up a little bit, but I mean, I, 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 I shifted it up, but we're, you know, yeah, yeah. You're in the middle of your life. Let's call yeah. it that. Yeah. You know, that comes along with being a woman in America. I mean, I've never had anyone say to me like, Oh, you have roommates? Like I've never, or you have a roommate? Like I've never had that, but it's just kind of, it's just implied or yeah. There. It's more acceptable in cities, and it's more oh. acceptable for women to have a roommate throughout whatever stage in their life, because it it used to be, you know, ye oldie time, it would be scandalous for a woman to live on her own. So it's like if she had at least another. Uh, even when they had like boarding rooms, they would put two women in the same room because to have a woman on her own was just, oh, scandal. Can't be unattended. Can't yeah. be left to her own devices. So I think that it is weirder to people that don't live in major cities because the cost of living is different around the world in other countries. They might live with their family instead of living alone because they they don't want the, for for your point of view, safety. Uh, for the financial aspects and then for the mental health, you know, the, the social network of it. Um, Has anyone ever mentioned it to you or said anything to you or asked you? No, no. But like, I think you said it's kind of implied. It's like, um, 
oh, so you still act like you're in college. Yeah. I mean, where I'm from, being middle-aged and being single is a thing. Being middle-aged and having a roommate is a thing. Mm -hmm. Being middle-aged and not living in a house is a thing. Like Mm -hmm. for me, living in an apartment has always been a temporary thing and something that's related to, yeah, being in your 20s or being Mm -hmm. in college. And obviously that's not how most of the world works. That's also not how most people in metropolitan areas work. You're not going to be like, oh, you live in New York City. Why don't you have a house with a front yard and a backyard and a garage? Like, you know, but it is like, there are these things that are just like how it's supposed to be in my head. Well, and I think that in the South where where I grew up and and the Midwest and, and the Northeast and stuff that... It's more a thing to be like, oh, you're middle-aged and single yeah. than it is to be, oh, you're middle-aged, single, and you have a roommate. That the part at least is like more quote-unquote normal to a lot of the people that I know that from back there because they're like, what? You're, you know, you're over 25 and you're not married with kids and a house and a mortgage and stuff? That means you're a thorn back. Yes, a thorn back. Yeah. Yes. But And I do think that, you know, Amy's strong independent streak – and her having been a, an, an only child, loving her space is probably even uh, maybe more triggering to some people in uh, certain you know pockets of the U.S. culture. That it's like, oh, she would dare to be single and live alone in her own space would be uh, kind of more bizarre to them. Word is just considered weird in a lot right. of ways. Even yeah. though it is like forty percent of the population. Like it's a huge percent of the population. People are introverted. I guess no one mentions it or admits to it because it is quote unquote shameful. Okay. So Amy, what have you gotten any pushback or even like just curious inquiry from people about like, Oh, you're in the, you're just, I'll say middle-aged, you're middle-aged and you live with a roommate. Like what's, I guess I don't interact with people that much anymore. So when you don't interact with them, there's no pushback. Also, a lot of people think that I'm way younger than I am. So when they find that out, they're super surprised about that. And then, you know, of course, because before that, there's all the like, you know, when you have kids. It's usually people say to me, like, when you have kids. Not many people, once they find out that I don't already have kids, they ask, they, you know, they just assume that when that happens then they can make, you know, the assumptions that they want to make about you. My parents know well enough to leave alone. This is not a topic for them. Yeah, I haven't had to deal with my relatives very much. So I'm sure they'd have something to say about it. But I haven't really had to had to deal with them. Yeah, so it's, it is that thing, like, I guess a lot of it is internal, like, or internalized ideas that you believe, which may or may not be true society still has about where you should be in your life at a certain time based on a number of factors, you know, and one of the very strong ones is, are you a woman or are you a man? You know, I do agree with what Kasha said about more acceptable for like women to have roommates in middle age. I I agree with you there because man, if a dude has a roommate in middle age, it is such a turnoff because it's like, he's failing, right? He has arrested development or he whatever it is. So at first I was like, wait, she's saying something's harder on men. I'm going to disagree with this. And then I heard, (laughs) then I heard the whole thing and I was like, oh yeah, that's correct. But at the same time, if it's a single man and he's living by himself, right. That 
is very different as compared to a single woman living by herself. So it is this thing where it's like, it goes back to the fact that all of this gendered stuff is bullshit. Right. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. the idea that, Oh, if you're a man, you must be um, successful, which IE means you have money and you must be this and you must be that. And if it's like, almost like if you're a middle-aged man, you should have success and possessions and money. And if you're a middle-aged woman, you should have a family, a brood, whatever that is. Yeah. You should have a dude and a brood. That is how one's <laughs> success is measured still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a dude and a brood. That's what I should tell my sister. She sh- I keep telling my sister she should start a YouTube channel. She is a foul-mouthed, uh, incredibly independent, strong-willed uh, mother of three with two pigs, 40 chickens, three gardens, um, <laughs> like she's a foul-mouthed homesteader yes but dude and a brood is i mean she does have both of those things yeah yeah yep that's it that's it but i feel it too my brother and sister who are both younger than me they have their own houses you know they have kids and and it does kind of make me feel a little bit like that unaccomplished middle-aged you know even though i don't necessarily agree agree with myself. I don't know that I believe what I'm telling myself. Yeah. But it comes anyway. It's super yeah, cuz you are accomplished and it is it's just like a different way of living that's not common to a lot of people. It just doesn't it, they don't even know it's an option. So they never wanted that for themselves. Uh when I was a kid and we had this class in school, I guess it was just like life 101 kind of. And mm. one of my teachers, he like posited this hypothetical situation about like what your life would look like. So you're married to a doctor and you live on a lake in a big house in Minnesota. He's like, wouldn't that be great? And I just like agreed with him because I could see the point that he was trying to make. But inside I was like, I don't want that. I don't I mean, want I, that. I do want a lake house, maybe in Minnesota, but like, I like, like anywhere ancillary to wherever you don't want just that though. Not just that. But yeah. It is that thing where that's what, you're sold depending on where you live and the culture and yada, yada, yada as like, what do you have? Well, you have Minnesota style Barbie dream house right? and Barbie dream life. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably wearing Duluth trading post instead of, you know, a hot pink mini skirt, but yes. And it is sort of messed up that like that, that still is like the model of success. Yeah. I don't know if your mom does this. My mom does this constantly. Like she mentions everybody's ages when she's telling me about people that she knows and yeah, no, she'll like be telling a story about her friend or somebody that she knows. And she's like, yeah, and they're like about your age and they have like four kids. And then like she tells this other story that has nothing to do with their age or their marital status or the number of children that they have. And like, I know it shouldn't make me feel bad. And like, she's comparing me to them, but it does make me feel like she's comparing me to them. Like I should have hit those benchmarks already. Like I'm I've aged out of all of like the things that she wanted me to do. And at the time that she wanted me to do them. Yeah, I get that. That is like me with my, my self tape. My mother doesn't do that. I think my mom looks at me in my life and she thinks that I'm free. My mom is intrigued by my life, I think. And she, she appreciates it probably more than I do, you know, because she is someone who has always just had to take care of other people and her, identity has been her role, you know, like as mother, as wife, as parent, whatever. And 
instead that's that's in my head uh kasha what about you how is your your parents with all of that yeah so my parents are, are already passed on so i get to miss out fortunately on some of that kind of stuff i do feel like it might come into play a little bit where they still around. But I know with my mom, even though being a homemaker was something that she really loved and it was really the only thing she specifically wanted, she also recognized that growing up in the the 50s and 60s, that was kind of what the primary option was. Even though her mom worked outside of the home her um, in, entire uh, childhood, it was still the norm for there to be stay-at-home mom. And so that's really what she identified as her her future, her possibility, her opportunities. And so when I came along and was like, you know, at 17, wanting to like leave home and go across the country to go to college and go do stuff, while it scared her, it also excited her on my behalf. She really liked that I was willing and able to go and and travel and experience things and uh not necessarily wait for uh for for a man to go do something you know it's like oh you can't go on vacation because you don't have a partner it's like fuck that i want to go there so i'm going to go um she really supported me in that and saw what it did for me and you know it, it it's possible that because i had gone through a bad marriage when i was young and just was like, I'm not willing to be in an unhappy relationship. I'm not willing to be in something that limits and destroys me internally. That she had the trust in me. That it's like, I'm going to choose what's actually going to work for me, regardless of how it looks to other people. And regardless what other people think. And and I do have some friends from where I grew up. And, and when I you know, post pictures of, oh, this is me in Paris. And now I'm you know, on the plains of South Africa and amongst the lions and, and here I am in Costa Rica. And they're like, they really, even if they love what they've chosen in their life, they're also like, I kind of feel like a longing for the freedom to be able to go and choose and do that. So it's not saying that they specifically would change their mind about being uh, a wife and, and a parent and, you know, staying at home or, or whatever. But they do have that sort of sense of like, well, they've limited their choices through that. And so I don't know that I really get kind of the blowback that maybe some people do uh, that are still in areas like that, where it's like, well, you're 27. What do you mean you don't, you know, have a husband and kids already? And then some of my friends, too. One did get married. I want to say she was 20, 21 and is still married, but they knew going in they never wanted kids. And uh, one of my other uh, oldest and dearest friends is with her partner for quite a long time now, uh, and they don't want kids and they don't want to get married. And so I think maybe because my contemporaries, the people that I'm surrounded with, are not in the societal pattern, that it makes it a little easier on me, that people don't necessarily question my choices quite as much. They don't necessarily, I mean, they may be judging quietly in the corner, (laughs) but I'm not getting it to my face. I mean, it is that thing where I'm like, Oh, I I feel like I've known I'm going to be like the weird eccentric, weird eccentric aunt my whole life. I just always knew that's who I was going to end up. I had a realization that like, Oh, you're, you're 40. You're not waiting to start your life 
anymore. Like your life has been going for a long time and you weren't maybe paying attention because mm-hmm. I always felt, felt like I was in prep phase. Like I'm preparing for my life. Right. It's like, I never lost left that kind of mentality of college and law school. It was like, I'm doing these things to prepare for my life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, all of a sudden it's like, I'm 40. Like I can't like, that's not what it was or is, you know, it's like, no, you've just been doing what you're doing. Um, and that's been a little freeing because I mean, at first it was a little depressing. So it was like, cause I'm not, I don't have what I want and I, but I don't, let me rephrase that. I don't have exactly what I want, but I do have what I want, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. it's trying to remind myself pretty often that like, actually, like, what do you want or need that you don't have? And at, right now at this moment, like nothing except for maybe a better and closer relationship with certain people in my life, which like, that's more of my, um, defects than anything else and not, you know, accomplishments or thing, actual things and stuff. I think there's something in there maybe about being able to realize, acknowledge the difference between I don't have everything that I desire and I don't yet have everything I desire. You know, and so it's like there is a difference between, okay, so maybe I want XYZ, but I only have XY and Z is still in process. I'm working towards that, not that I can never have it. So I don't have to be dissatisfied with where I'm at now and just be like, okay, you know, I'm still on that journey. Amy, do you have anything to say there? I don't believe that I do. I feel like you're someone, you may be the person I know who is most. And, and has been since I've known you has been most clear about who you are and what you want for the most part. That's funny. Cause I don't feel like I've, uh, acted like that or demonstrated that to you in any way. And I don't even think that's true. Like if I just think about what's going on in my own mind. Really? I yeah. feel like you are, I feel like I'm seeing Popeye. Like I am what I am. Like I just, I don't know. I think because you have a very distinct personality and you're very definitive often, you know, and maybe, maybe more of that has been in the last few years. But even if I think back to when I met you, I don't know that, that I believe, I mean, I think you were unsure of what you wanted to do for work or what you wanted to do in terms of, you know, dating or relationships, but I don't, I, I don't believe, or at least I didn't get, I've never gotten the impression that you weren't clear on who you were identity wise, you know? Interesting. That's yeah. a very interesting take. You don't Thank feel you. that way. Uh, I don't, but I'm going to think about that now. I, I don't mean, know that's ever a question. I asked my, you know, that's not something I think about, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you like Kasha said something that was a lot, uh, kind of along, I think not along the same lines, but could be interpreted as such when you mentioned that like Amy is one of the most, if not the most independent person or something Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's got a strong independent streak. Yes. Yes. So someone who doesn't overstate things and (laughs) use like complete categorical language would say that. (laughs) Um, uh, Well, this has been interesting. I'm like, I'm like a little like heart melted about talking to you guys. You're so cute. Um, you know I fucking hate being cute. <laughs> I know you hate being cute, but like you guys are cute. 
Uh, it's just adorable. It's adorable. Um, adorable in our, our platonic, not quite partnership. I mean, you go grocery shopping together. It's yeah. I think Kasha did say it best that like, it's, it's like we're the sisters that we never had. Yeah. 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 But that's how you want it to be without like, I feel like you guys can do that without being codependent. I cannot. Yeah. Like I cannot. It is literally what works for both of you. And like, what else, like, what would you want more than something that, that works, you know? Yeah. If, yeah. I mean, if you lived alone, there would be a lot of these things that would not, you know, come into play. I um, would have to destem my own herbs. Yeah. And that would just be. <laughs> and I would just have to put things away because they wouldn't get put away for me. <laughs> You'd have to refill your own water bottles in the refrigerator. Oh, yeah. No, you do do that for me. Oh. So I can have cold water. We had a tiff about it, but then she was like, okay, it's important to her to have cold water. So. Yeah. Oh, I have to have cold water. I. I it's I, the right way to drink water. And I like yeah. room temperature water. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. No. Thank you. Thank you guys for letting me interview you. This has been the opposite of uh, this current situation I'm in. So I am happy for both of you. Um, <laughs> and you, I feel like I should have sent you like a, like a wedding gift, but like a roommate gift or something. Like an like, edible like, arrangement. Like, should register or something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I mean, at the end, you guys are spinsters. That doesn't, again, does not mean you're alone. Does not mean that you're unsatisfied. Do not does not mean that you missed out on life. Does not mean that you that nobody wants you and you're just barren and dried up. Like none of these things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> um, it looks how you want it to look, and the point is, like, you have control over your life in in a way that maybe you feel like you wouldn't um, if you were not living how you live your life. So, Amy, I'm going to turn it over to you because. You do the podcast talking bits. That's <laughs> the official um, insider industry term, the podcast talking bits. Yes. Well, since we've wrapped up the uh, this portion of the episode, I believe it's time to play our favorite game. And uh, we'll Gosh, this this will be fun. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what the game is. Oh, so the game that we play is called "Why Aren't You Married?" Wherein you tell us one reason why you were not married. So, Kasha, why aren't you married? Gosh, I think the the hardest thing about answering this is just I, I only pick one. <laughs> There's only yes. one reason. Yeah. Yeah. We just focus on one reason. I am very comfortable in my own company mm. and mm. probably less comfortable in the company of most people. <laughs> that's one we haven't said yet, but that's okay. true. Yeah. Uh, I think it's true for all of us. So yeah, I appreciate that answer. Amy, why aren't you married? Oh, that's a good, good question. Every time, every time we ask it, it's a good question. Um, and I'm trying not to repeat myself. I, it's difficult. It's difficult. It's difficult because we've played this game a number of times. Um, but maybe it's okay. Ellen, you know, I have one more thing that popped into my head, if that's okay, if I interject. Yeah. Sure. You give me time to uh, think about it. Why would I be? I mean, that's really what I think when I get asked that question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. No, we never even thought to ask that question. Let's shift this a little bit. Kasha, 
since we do mm-hmm. have this close relationship, yeah. why don't you tell me why I'm not married? What do you uh-huh. see about me that says I'm not married? A... <laughs> 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 a, a low threshold for people's bullshit. Say it again. A low threshold for people's bullshit. Yeah. Does that seem pretty I, solid? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's fair. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why even I bonded so much in like our 20s and 30s because we had all of these awful, awful dating stories mm-hmm. about all of these guys who were just on some bullshit. They were on some bullshit. They were constantly on some bullshit. And we just sit there and tell these stories and dissect their behavior. And like, I mean, I think we gave them too much credit back, you know, when we were a little bit younger of like, they know what they're doing or like they're doing it for a reason. And they weren't doing it for, they were doing it because they were completely self, like they had no self-awareness and because they had no awareness of of us as people either. They just, they didn't like, they didn't care how we felt and they couldn't see how their behavior was affecting others. And yeah, I guess I'm, I do consider myself a fairly like empathetic person and I don't have time for that bullshit of someone who can't also mirror me and see and like reciprocate that and be empathetic and be kind about things and not be some bullshit. (laughs) Um, Amy, why do you think Kasha isn't married? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think it's because she has experience with this because she was married and she got divorced really quickly because it was a really shitty relationship. And um, so she's seen how bad it can get and she's not willing to settle for anything that's close to that again. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Absolutely. And I think it does go back to what I said before is like, instead of me giving a reason why I'm not married, people give me reasons why I should be, you know, that it's just like, until I get to the point where I'm like, okay, this is my reason to get married. It's going to continue to be, well, I don't have a reason to get married. And that is my only reason, I guess, primary reason to not be married. I'm getting a lot closer to that. Because it is like, there are reasons both practical and far to the left and to the right of practical (laughs) Um, why I'm not married. But when I'm looking toward like the future, even if I have a partner, it's kind of like, what does it do? Mm -hmm. What's the benefit? What does it do? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, Amy, if I were someone who's going to have kids, I would want that just because I do think there's a legal stability there that as a mother, I would want for both myself and my children. And also um, if you're not married and you have a dude's baby, um, he's not in the legal sense assumed to be the father. Whereas if you're married and you have a baby, the dad, the, the legal system presumes that your husband is the father. So it's also mm-hmm. a different legal relationship there. So I would do it for really, really sexy romantic reasons. Um, mm-hmm. But Right now, as I think about it, I'm like, it would just fucking complicate things. And from a, like, literally from a romantic point of view also, though, it is that thing where if you're all in with someone, you should just be all in. And, and people say like, that's what marriage is, but it's kind of like, you don't need that to be all in. Right. And so it is, I see what I do see a lot is people staying with people that they're not happy with, or they have outgrown 
or, you know, both of them can be completely unhappy and they still won't separate because they're married. Right. Whereas if they were boyfriend and girlfriend and they were both that unhappy, they would probably separate. I would rather be in a relationship where someone chooses to stay with me every day because they want to be with me and this and vice versa. Then we're staying together because we're married. Having lived with someone before I got married to him and then after, in his mind, there was very much a difference that was unhealthy and didn't work out well for me at all. But I'm reminded of a, a roommate I had when I was in my late 20s who was in her early 60s. She had been married like three times and she had, you know, grandkids that were in college and stuff like that. And she always said she wasn't com- uh, completely opposed to getting into another relationship, but she would never get married again. And she would never live with uh, her male partner again. And so it's like the difference between having roommates, totally fine for her, but to cohabitate with a, a partner again, she's like, no, we could have houses side by side or down the street, but my space is my space. And that's that. I've talked to my boyfriend about that, um, about like doing a Frida Kahlo, Diego mm-hmm. Rivera, where you just have uh, you have two houses and they're connected by a glass yeah. <laughs> walkway. Like, yeah, sounds great. We're big proponents of the bridge. Well, this has been a great episode, Amy. I'm sorry you have to edit this. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a rundown of where people can find us. Yeah, so we are on the on, we're online, oddly, because no one else is. No one else is. Um, you can find us on Instagram. We are Spinster Life Podcast, and you can also go to our website, spinsterlife.com. And if you want to check us out on YouTube, and we will see you next time. Bye. Cheers. Bye.